This is Kyle Tully, and you're listening to the Consulting Tycoon Podcast. This week, we're talking about essentialism for consultants. This training is based on the book Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCowan. This is one of the most popular trainings I've done for my inner circle clients. So if you'd like to learn how to remove the obstacles that are in your way, feel in control and experience joy in the process of building your business and learn how to focus on getting the right things done, then you're going to get a lot out of today's session. So let's get started. So first of all, I'd like to apologize. Uh, This episode was supposed to come out last week, but due to a catastrophic technical failure, I wasn't able to record. The good news is I've got my laptop in the studio working again, and we have a brand new microphone. So we're back up to speed with our weekly episodes. So if you're the type of person that likes reading, I would highly recommend grabbing this book, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCowan, one of the top five books I've read in the last year, um, possibly in the last five years. It's just a really, really good book. Personally hit me at the right time. And like I mentioned in the intro, I've shared this material with some of my Inner Circle students and it hit a lot of those people at the right time as well. So I'm hoping you are going to get a lot out of this training. So the problem that the book really addresses is that we just stretched too far, you know, between all the different meetings that we have, uh, clients that we're working with, all the different projects we tend to take on board, um, friends, family, the different social obligations we find ourselves in. Uh, social media is a huge one. You know, you're volunteering, your church, um, our email, just there's so much stuff pulling us in all different directions. And a common challenge people face is they feel overworked yet underutilized. You know, busy but not productive. They're majoring in minor things. And so the goal with this training is to learn to filter out the bad things and filter out even some of the good things so that you can focus on the great things. And instead of making a millimeter of progress in a million different directions, you want to make significant progress in accomplishing the few things that are truly vital. And once you give yourself permission to stop trying to do everything, to stop saying yes to everyone, you can make your highest contribution towards the things that really matter to you. And it's not about less for less sake. It's about making the wisest possible investment of your time and energy and resources so you can make the biggest contribution by doing only what is essential. So the way of the essentialist is less but better, or as Derek Sivers says, hell yeah or no. In other words, if something's on your plate and it's not a hell yeah, I really want to do this, then the answer by default should be no. And you want to pursue this in a disciplined way. In other words, this isn't just going to happen naturally. You're not just going to hear this training or read the book and automatically go out there and adopt this. It's something you really have to be disciplined at. You have to try. We make decisions, dozens, if not hundreds of decisions every single day. And it's a discipline in approaching life this way, thinking hell yeah or no. The question you want to ask yourself is, is this the most important thing I should be doing with my time and resources right now? And if we're honest with ourselves, most of the time, most, you know, throughout the day, the answer to that question for many of us is a no. And that's a problem. So I hate this term, but the idea of living by design, you know, the idea that if you don't prioritize your own life, someone else will. If you don't stand up and say, this is what I'm going to do with my life, 
a thousand people are going to say, hey, can you do this? Can you do this thing here? Hey, can you take this on board? And by default, we start to say yes. We want to learn to make one-time decisions that will make a thousand future decisions for us. And I'll tell you how to do that in a second. We want to have proactive decision-making rather than reactive. So sit down and design your life. Think about the type of clients you want to work with, the type of business you want to have, the type of schedule you want to work on, the type of play and fun time you want to have, and make decisions that will naturally lead to that lifestyle coming about rather than sitting back and taking things as they come and being easy and just you know reacting to the world around you. It's a recipe for disaster. Most people ask, how can I fit it all in? I've got so much stuff. There's so many things to do. There's not enough hours in the day. Like what time management system can you tell me about? Can you teach me so I can fit it all in? Whereas the essentialist asks, what are the trade-offs? If I say yes to this new thing, what are the trade-offs? What am I going to have to sacrifice? The essentialist knows he can't do everything. So he has to choose what's most important. And what are the trade-offs of saying yes to something? The goal is to say no to everything but the essential. And this is very much easier said than done. In the book, they talk about the paradox of success. And phase one of this paradox is that you have clarity of purpose. Finally, you found your mission, the thing that you want to do, the business that you want to create, and you start to become successful. Phase two is that you then get a reputation as a go-to person for someone in that market, that industry, that specialization. And this leads to increased options and opportunities. Phase three is because of these increased opportunities and options, we tend to say yes to to more stuff. We take more things on board and we get spread thinner and thinner. Finally, phase four, we become distracted from our highest level contribution, our main focus in life. And we undermine that original clarity that we had that led to our success. And if we're not careful and we don't strip away back to the essential, it can lead to our ultimate demise. And this is why you see so many people who become successful in all different areas of life and then it blows up in their face. See, we live in a non-essential culture. There are so many choices in all areas of our life. And there's a lot of social pressure to be involved in things, to say yes, to be a nice person. This idea that you can have it all. You see, the essentialist has the mindset that only a few things really matter. And I can do anything I want, but not everything I want. And this is a real... Um, a tough realization for some people. We're kind of taught by society, by the, the MTV you know, movie clips and everything that you can have everything you want. You can do anything you want. You can be anything you can want. You can have it all. And the reality is, it's just not true. You can have anything you want. You can be anything you want. But you can't have everything. There's too many paradoxes there. There's not enough time. There's too many things out there that you simply can't have every single thing you ever wanted in your life. It's just not going to happen. And that goes against a lot of the positive mindset type mantras you'll probably hear out there, but it's based in a lot more reality. So the essentialist is looking to purposefully 
choose to do things, to deliberately make decisions to move them in a certain direction in life and to strategically engineer the life they want to live. How do they do this? Three ways. You reduce, you simplify, and then you focus. So let's talk about the process of becoming an essentialist, applying this essentialist mindset to your day-to-day life, to the decisions you make, so you can strip away all the stuff that's eating up your time, eating up your resources, eating up your brain power, and get back to just those few things that are really going to move the needle for you. So step one is we want to explore and evaluate. We want to systematically go through all the different options in front of you before you commit to going big on a very small number of them. We're looking for the right thing, the right time, for the right reason. One of the best ways you can do this when you've got an important decision to make is to step back and escape. Get off the computer. Get away from your regular office or whatever place you regularly work in. Get away from that. Escape. Create some space for yourself to think, to concentrate, to to play, to sleep. Get out of those regular routines and rhythms that you're in. Break that habitual decision-making process that's in your head. And just sit back and look the options in front of you and ask yourself the questions, you know, which of these inspires me? What are these options in front of me? Am I most talented at? Which of these meets a significant need in me that's really going to you know, be meaningful for me long term? What problem do I want to solve? Which of these can I really go big on? What's going to have that big long-term impact? And then come up with a, some criteria for your own decision-making. Again, this idea of hell yeah or no. We're looking for that top like 1% of opportunities. Is this exactly what I'm looking for? So many people just stumble into business ideas or they stumble into a niche or they, they stumble into doing some kind of marketing strategy and three, six, 12 months down the track, they realize that, you know what? This thing I'm doing doesn't really suit me or it's not really aligned with where I want to go or it's not going to get me the results that I actually want. So take that time to sit, escape, and think, where do you want to be? What's going to get you there? The book talks about um, a really great idea, I thought, was for their criteria, they have three minimums that need to be, for, for an idea to even need to be considered. So if I was going to go into business, maybe, maybe let's talk about clients. If I'm going to take on a new client, I might have three criteria And for me to even talk to these people about becoming a client, they need to meet all three of these. So for example, that might be that uh, this client uses a lead generation model. So let's say I'm going to be running some AdWords ads for them and I don't want to have to um, work with an e-commerce store or something like that. I only want to work with people whose business model is built around lead generation. That's my first criteria for to even consider talking to them. The second one is there needs to be a recurring revenue component. They need to be you know, signing on for a six or 12-month program and they need to pass the beer test. So I want to work with people that I think I'd enjoy working with, or I enjoy hanging out with, that are going to give me uh, value over and above the money that they pay me. So that's my three minimum criteria to even consider working with anyone. 
So automatically, when prospects come to you, when ideas or opportunities come uh, past your desk, 80% of them can probably get filtered out just by having these criteria and knowing what it is you're looking for. Now, of the 10 or 20% that get past those three criteria, you then have your ideal criteria to actually become approved to be a client in this case. And for these, they need to tick two out of three boxes. So again, using the new client uh, example, we might say that, okay, so the ideal criteria for someone to be approved to become a client might be that I'm looking for a minimum of $24,000 in lifetime revenue, which would represent a $2,000 a month AdWords client over the course of a year. Uh, maybe I'm looking for people in the, the law industry and maybe I want someone ideally who's got a sales team. So I'm looking for at least two out of those three to be approved as a client. And when you raise your standards like this, when you actually have set criteria for, look, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Here's what I simply will not accept anything less than this. And here's what my ideal looks like. Once you do that, it's amazing how many of these ideal prospects actually start coming your way and how few of the wrong type of people end up wasting your time. And these kind of criteria can be used for anything. It could be used for um, a type of diet that you might be investigating. It might be for a type of workout. It might be for a partner. You might have certain criteria for, for dating someone. And the more you are clear on what it is you're looking for, what is essential for you, the more the world is going to give that to you. And whether that's some magical fate of the universe, whether it's God, whether it's just by happenstance because you're more focused on it that you see more of those things, none of that really matters. All that matters is that it consistently works. So that's step one, explore and evaluate your options. Step two in the process is to eliminate. We want to cut out the trivial many. Get rid of all the stuff that's wasting your time, that's not going to get you where you want to go. Just get rid of it. We're looking for that essential intent, the one decision that makes a thousand. We talked about having criteria, living by design. So how do we do this? Well, one of the simplest ways is just learning how to say no and being firm but clear about it. Overcome that social pressure that we naturally feel that we want to say yes to people. We want to please people. We want to make people happy. We want to fit in. Learn how to just say no. So look, thanks for the opportunity. I'm really focused on this right now. You know, I wish you all the best with it. Let me know how it goes. And say yes to only what's essential for you. Stop making casual commitments. I made this mistake early on. I just casually say yes to anything. Yeah, we'll come to the barbecue. Yeah, I can help you out with that thing. Yeah, I'll give you a lift. Yeah, I can help you move. And before you know it, days of your week are being eaten up with these small, non-essential commitments that really don't provide anyone any great value. And over the course of your life, just suck the value that you're able to provide out of the universe. Get over that fear of missing out. Very rarely do you miss out on anything great by saying no to these casual type of, of opportunities that come about. Learn how to set rules, set boundaries. Have these things set in advance. Again, coming back to your criteria. What do you actually want? What is essential to you? And set boundaries for that and don't let people cross them. Trading popularity for respect. This is a really important one. 
a lot of people are still stuck in that kind of high school mindset where it's all about popularity and it's all about, you know, who you're hanging out with and whether the cool kids like you. And it's usually a very subconscious thing. But that feeling, that sort of mindset that's stuck deep inside your brain has a way of making you make decisions that you wouldn't normally make, saying yes to things you wouldn't normally do, making decisions that are going to impact your long-term future and get you sucked into these um, casual commitments that just eat up your time. So learn how to trade popularity for respect. Say no to going to things that you don't really want to go to. Say no to helping people that you, you know, don't really want to help. Say no to clients that you don't really want to work with. Understanding that other people's problems are not by default your problem. Just because someone's told you they've got a certain problem in the world doesn't mean you have to be the, the knight in shining armor to come and fix it. You may want to be, and there's, that's a d- deliberate, essential decision that you make to do that. But you want to start making these decisions deliberately and strategically rather than just falling into decision-making by default. Ideally, we want to design a system that makes our execution effortless. So when you know the type of business you're in, the type of clients you want to be working with, the type of people that you don't want to waste time talking to, the social activities that really energize you and excite you, that you're passionate about, Likewise, the social things that just really don't interest you that you you know feel like you're just wasting your time at, that you're not really participating in any way. Once you get really clear on that and you build a system around, okay, this is what I want to do in life, and you set those boundaries and you're firm in the, the enforcing of those boundaries, good things start to happen, which leads us to step three, execution. A really great section of the book was talking about buffers. So non-essentialists that most people's default way of behaving is that we assume best case scenario. So, oh yeah, that'll just take five minutes. Yeah, yeah, sure. The project will be finished by Friday. Nah, don't worry. There won't be any traffic. The money's just going to keep flowing in like this. Let's spend it. And what, what happens here is you force execution at the last minute because invariably it doesn't just take five minutes. It takes 45 minutes. And it's not going to be finished by Friday. It's going to be finished by Wednesday. And that's if you put a couple of all-nighters. And there's always traffic, right? So the essentialist builds in buffers for the unexpected events that if you really think about it, are almost always expected in one way or another. They practice what he calls extreme preparation. Just doing things like doubling your time estimates. If you think it's going to be ready by Friday, tell them it's going to be ready by next Friday, When I work with clients, if I think something's going to take two weeks, we tell them four weeks. The great thing is you then get to over-deliver, under-promise, over-deliver. It's a really good combination. It's about understanding risk management. What are the risks? What are the worst-case scenario, even in simple decisions? What are the social effects, the financial impact? Where can you invest to reduce these risks? Then we want to subtract, remove obstacles rather than creating band-aid fixes or trying to blast through the obstacles or jump over the obstacles. Just clear them out of the way. One of my favorite books of all time is The Theory of Constraints by Goldratt. It's essentially about what is the weakest link in the chain. You know, what's the one thing that's getting in the way of achieving what is essential? 
What's the thing that's taking up all your time? It's taking the time away from you executing the things that you need to be executing on. Look at your progress. Count the small wins. Understand what your minimum viable progress is and then just sit down and do the work. What I found really important here personally is getting into that flow state, having a really solid routine built up of positive habits on top of positive habits, which helps me make the essential the default and eliminates triggers. So for example, my morning routine tends to involve some stretching, some reading, some coffee. Often I'll do some writing or journaling. I stay off my phone. I stay off the computer early on because I just want to get my brain warmed up, my body warmed up, blood flowing through. So I'm rarely to go and I'm just like, I can't wait to get started with my work. Whereas I know if I get up, I'm a bit groggy. I just jump on the computer. The first thing I'm going to do without even consciously thinking about it is open up my email and that leads you down a rabbit hole. And by executing this kind of a routine over and over and over again, you start to get into this natural flow state where working isn't hard to do. You don't have to like build up to this getting work done. You don't have to drag yourself to the computer. It's not hard to sit down and suddenly just bang out a webinar or bang out a marketing piece. It just happens naturally because you're doing it over and over and over again every single day. Your brain and your body learn to work in that that rhythm and that flow. And that leads to immense focus. When you've stripped out all the non-essential, when you've said no to everything that's not pushing the needle forward, when you know exactly what you need to do to get the results you're looking for, and you're in that flow state, the focus is on the now. You know, the past is gone, the future doesn't exist yet. There is only the now. So ask yourself, what's important to me right now? You know, what are my goals? Where do I want to be? But what's important right now? Get the future out of your head. I see so many people in this consulting industry daydreaming. Every time I speak to them, they're telling me about the, the next thing they're going to be doing the business they want to be building, yet they don't make any progress in any of these ideas. But to get the future out of your head and focus on today, all that matters is what you get done today. You get in flow today, you get in flow tomorrow, and sooner or later you're building this big long chain of execution and that adds up to those big long-term future goals that you've got, but you don't get there by daydreaming. And all of this, funnily enough, it, it kind of sounds like hard work. It sounds like it's very intense. But it actually lets you enjoy the moment. It lets you focus on the things that are really important to you. And you start building this natural momentum. And you enjoy the process. Because you're choosing to do these things. You've made strategic, deliberate decisions to say, this is what's important to me right now. And I'm going to work on it because I know that's going to get me to my end goal. And that's a really, really positive place to be in. The worst place is when you go, oh, man, I have to do this. Yeah, I have to write this report. Oh, no, I've got this client meeting. That's the mindset of someone who's not enjoying the process, who's daydreaming of the future when things are one day going to be better. But when you get up and 
everything you do that day is something that you've consciously decided to put into your life and there's nothing there that you're not looking forward to, it's really easy to enjoy the moment. So in becoming an essentialist, there's literally hundreds of decisions you're going to be making over the coming days, weeks, and months. But it's about things like you know, choosing to say no to a small one-off client because you've decided to focus on larger recurring revenue clients and understanding the trade-off is that you might trade off a little bit of revenue today for that bigger picture. Because remember, you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything. You can't have all the small one-off clients today and be building the future at the same time as well as doing all the stuff in the middle. You might choose to go surfing instead of just sitting at your desk looking busy. You might choose to get up at 5 a.m. every morning to write that book that you say you want to write. You might do what I do and choose to set your meetings and your coaching calls based on the weather and the waves. You might choose to say no to going to a networking meeting because you'd rather spend time with your partner. You might choose to spend less time on Facebook and more time with your real friends. You might choose to say no to a new business opportunity so you can double down on the one you're already working on. Maybe you'll choose to you know, not attend that marketing seminar because you'd rather spend time working on your own marketing campaigns. It's these decisions that we make every single day that build up consistently over time and they're either moving you one step closer towards that end vision that you've got or they're moving you one step further away. And on any one day, none of these kind of decisions really feel like they're moving the needle and that's the tricky thing. None of these things really has a huge impact one day or even one week. And many times the impact doesn't come months or years later. It's a cumulative effect of these decisions that you make, the cumulative effect of how you spend your time. It's that compounding effect of what you get done each day. One day, two day, three day, doesn't make a big difference. But get that focus work done on what's essential every day for a year and you'll be in the top 1% of people who execute. That's it for our training, Essentialism for Consultants. Like I said, if you are the type of person that likes to read, grab the book, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCowan. 